He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere. A radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This, this is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome in on a hot Monday afternoon. We're going to keep saying it's hot until sometime next weekend. And then we finally look like we have some relief in sight. Uh, but not yet. Like I think Friday for the Doobie Brothers at uh, Live at the Garden, I think it's going to be 101. It'll be a high for the day. And uh, right about showtime, it's going to be around 90 something. So that's going to be a hot time in the old town tonight. Tell Michael McDonald to. Bring his uh, ice sweater with him. <laughs> Pack that baby with ice. Uh, they, you heard it mentioned a minute ago in our traffic. There is a backup. It's an accident right at Sycamore View and uh, I-40. And uh, it is closed. The Sycamore View Road north between Macon uh, and uh, I-40 is closed uh, uh, due to an accident. And uh, the traffic is just backed up all the way back to um, I-240 as it wraps around over the big um, Mixmaster, the big high uh, overpass. So avoid that area like the plague. And uh, this could be tied up. I was talking to somebody earlier today. <coughs> there was an accident. or they working on a bridge somewhere. It was Jeff uh, Morris was coming back from this up north on I-40. And around Jackson, working on a bridge, had traffic. It took him uh, something like uh, four, three or four hours to go seven miles. Don't you hate that? I said, well, I hope you're not in an electric vehicle because, <coughs> yeah, that's it. That's when you start running out of that kind of stuff. I mean, you can't. And the thing about it is if you run out of juice out there on the interstate, you just got to stop. You can't push it off the road. You can't pull it off the road. You got to call a special kind of a, of a wrecker to come get you and move it away. And then I saw over the weekend where an EV, a vehicle out of things, San Francisco drove through some wet cement. Cause guess what? A car can't tell the difference between dry cement and wet cement. It just looks like regular road to the, um, to the, uh, electric vehicle with artificial intelligence. And, um, we're going to be talking more about artificial intelligence today. There's some stories involving it. And now we got uh, Randy Hutchison with the Better Business Bureau coming in saying that the criminals have gotten a hold of it. Now they're using it. So that's all we needed was to be uh, fighting out with the criminals uh, and artificial intelligence. And speaking of artificial intelligence, or a lack thereof, uh, Congressman Steve Cohen got into it with Florida Congressman Matt Gates uh, on Twitter over the weekend. Cohen retweeted an image of Gates saying the young congressman not only acts like Lucifer, but it looks like him. Of course, not to be outdone, uh, Gates responded by posting a side-by-side of Steve Cohen with a skeleton, uh, writing, Steve Cohen is an expert on the subject, having actually met Lucifer. (laughs) Uh, Gosh, you got to love him. Uh, then they got a big special uh, session going on in Nashville today. Multiple bills have been filed and are on the table, everything from increasing mental health service to stricter and harsher penalties for criminals. 
we're all for that. How about just arresting him and then sending him away with any for any time? Of course, the big focus will be on gun reform. Anti-gun advocates have been pressuring Governor Bill Lee for months now to pass red flag laws. Uh, but that will be a big hurdle to the Tennessee Republican supermajority. Most have said they are not in favor of passing stricter gun laws. Enforce the ones we've got. I mean, they're not doing that. We still don't know. With the shootout at the Christian school in Nashville, they will not release the dossier that the person of interest in that, who is now uh, DOA, uh, what her, he, it, whatever, uh, what their intentions were. And uh, so they just need to enforce the laws we've got. I mean, there's plenty of laws on the book saying uh, if you've got any kind of a criminal background, look how many criminals still get uh, weapons, either A, through theft, or B, through uh, the system just doesn't have a very good track record of tracking people, and the people that shouldn't be getting guns get guns. I mean, it happens all the time. And uh, if they just enforce the ones they got, and just like uh, the kid they arrested the other night that tried to break in, the, they did break in uh, uh, the uh, liquor store there in Highland, um, and uh, uh, that's the third time. That hit has been broken. Josh uh, Hammond uh, said they actually showed the video on my Facebook page that uh, they had uh, Buster's Liquor had been broken into three times, and this time they got a stolen pickup truck back through the glass again. And then the cops showed up, so the guy driving the getaway truck got away and left his pals behind, and one of them got uh, knocked down out on the street by a car, and they arrested him with a weapon. I mean, that guy shouldn't see daylight ever again. At least for ten years, I think that should be it. I mean, just just enforce and put these people away. They do not need. We're in the Constitution to say we all have to live with a bunch of convicted felons that uh, used weapons and other uh, types of uh, violent crime against us, and yet it happens all the time. In fact, uh, uh, early this morning, uh, there was a, a guy shot out in front of the the. Uh, Kroger on Mendenhall, right there by Mendenhall, uh, the Kroger there at Sanderland Mendenhall next to the fire station. Um, and uh, they got away in some kind of a black SUV. But, uh, you know, it just keeps on happening. Uh, and uh, they supposedly had things downtown uh, was going to be all locked down. Uh, and set up all these roadblocks to keep anything from happening, but apparently they still had a pop-up party, which consisted of about 75 cars doing burnouts and donuts down the streets, uh, broke out on Union Avenue just outside of downtown Saturday around midnight. Uh, the police did respond to the chaos, but the crowd fled when the cops arrived. They weren't even fleeing before. They just sat there and keep, kept doing it. And then East Memphis last night, the Kroger on South Mendenhall, a shooting broke out just after... 9.30, injuring a man that was taken to the med and critical. Um, and uh, they just, uh, there was another report of a subject pulled over on uh, 385 near the Houston Levy uh, exit. Had about 10 uh, police and sheriff's deputies cars out there. Uh, so evidently, this guy was pulled over. Uh, they were getting out to... Uh, talked to him, and he drove off, so they caught him again, and he drove off again, or got out of his car and ran. So they were looking for him on foot in the woods around Houston Levy and I uh, and 385, and I saw that on uh, on Neighbors, and they were commenting that 
you can't find anything about the news on television news, but go to neighbors and there it is. It says, anybody know what's happening? They said they had the canines out there, which is usually means that they're using hunting somebody down on foot or using them to uh, search out drugs. So uh, the, the beat goes on. I just uh, need to keep on pursuing. And nailing it down, uh, on the bright side, there was a great luau that was uh, took place uh, Saturday at the dive shop. Uh, at Randy uh, Wright with the dive shop. They brought their big rig in, and I'm talking tractor-trailer with a big uh, Southern Pride rotisserie smoker built into the trailer. And they were cooking a whole uh, pig and uh, a bunch of uh, chicken halves, and they did for jerk chicken. It was fantastic. I went by for about 30, 40 minutes, but the uh, food wasn't ready yet, and we were babysitting, so I had to go help babysit my old grandson. We had him all day Saturday, and then Saturday night, until about nine o'clock, where's you out? I don't know if you have grandkids, but yeah, uh, you should. We should all get married when they're like we're fifteen the first time. That way, when you have grandkids, you're only like twenty five. <laughs> you still have energy left, but that's not the way it works. So uh, you just have to suck it up and uh, hope you marry somebody younger than you are. That's what I did. Kathy's a lot younger than me, and thank God for it. Uh, but we had a good time. Then they came back over Sunday, and she cooked a jambalaya. Went to uh, Costco and got one of those big chickens for like six bucks, which is the best deal going. I mean, it's called a lost leader kind of a thing, where they sell those chickens to reward everybody for shopping there, which that's a pretty good reward. And uh, but they had stopped for a little while because they were the kitchen there was being renovated. But they're if, for your information, they are now selling the big chickens at Costco on uh, Winchester. And uh, thank you very much. We appreciate that. Uh, other news of interest, uh, the uh, the uh, heat, is, as I said earlier, is going to continue until uh, next week sometime. Uh, and But it's not going to bother all these people that say they just want to work four days a week. <laughs> want to retain employees? Try for a shorter work week. I mean, it, it, that's where we are now. You can't just uh, put up with a sign, we're looking to hire help. Uh, this is what you'll make. Now you got to pay them $22 an hour, and uh, they only want to work four days. I guarantee you, once they start working four days, they go, hey, we got a bamboozle. Let's go for three. But um, it says four-day work week is the latest buzz workplace trend. The experiments and surveys touting improved employee morale, retention, and productivity. Let me tell you something. When I worked in the oil field, they didn't care about morale. Not once did they ask me, so Earl, how you liking it out here in 110 degree heat? Did you get enough for lunch? So one of the study of 41 businesses across the U.S. and Canada, the majority of the 25 or fewer employees, 40% of the employees surveyed said they were less stressed after trying out a shorter work week. In addition, 60% of the employees reported a better work-life balance, and 32% said they were less likely to quit. Delightful. According to the July 2023 report by Four Day Week Global, a nonprofit that promotes uh, shorter work weeks, um, it said this is uh, seen this play out in house or over the past two years. The online clothing resellers shifted to a four day work week for corporate employees in 2021. Volunteer turnover among the group dropped 55% compared with 2019. 
and hiring got a boost. Most new hires cited the company's shorter work week as a deciding factor in the employment. Natalie Brees, Chief People and Diversity Officer. I am your Chief People and Diversity Officer. They should appoint me that. And I don't think they'd like me. Uh, here's, here's our diversity. You get to work as many hours as you want, but anything right up to 45. And then we'll let you up. You get that done in four days, you're welcome to it. I mean, which it, it just might, there's a lot of people that work 12-hour days and, and get an extra day off, but they want to work eight-hour days and get uh, only work four days. I tell you, do you want to end up like France? Because that's exactly where it's headed, France. When you go there, they terrible service, except in the very, very expensive restaurants. And then the service is great, but uh, you got to be a billionaire to afford it. And they, I bet they only work three days a week, too, and they get like six months off vacation every summer. And now they want to raise the age of retirement. I think it's like 60 now. And they get full health insurance and their, their salaries until they put them in the box. Great deal if you can get it and you can uh, make the country productive. It's just it's not. At any rate, we're going to take a quick break because we do work five days a week. <laughs> this isn't a rest, though. This is for the uh, support and uh, generosity of our sponsors to keep us going five days a week. We'll be back. <laughs> Come on, let's get happy. Well, they're happy in Fulton County, Georgia. The DA there, uh, Fanny Willis, uh, charged Donald Trump and 18 other defendants uh, with uh, election interference. Uh, but uh, Trump's bond has now been set at $200,000 in the Fulton County election interference case. Fulton County judge has set the former president's bond um, in the District Attorney Fannie Willis uh, election interference case. Trump and the other 18 defendants have been given until Friday at noon to appear at the Fulton County Jail for processing. Trump's bond agreement also includes provisions that Trump shall perform no act to intimidate any person known to him or to her to be a co-defendant or witness in this case or otherwise obstruct the administration of justice. This includes, the agreement says, no direct indirect threat against co-defendants or witnesses. The above shall include, but not limited to, post on social media or repost a post made by other individuals on social media. The agreement says, I wonder if we can make comments. If we can make derogatory, uh, I wouldn't suggest threatening anybody, but just about derogatory comments. Trump also may not uh, communicate about the facts of the case with co-defendants except through counsel. As ABC News has previously reported, after an indictment has been handed down in Georgia, bond and conditions of the release are typically worked out prior to any surrender. The bond can be paid through cash, uh, commercial security, or court program that requires a payment of 10% of the bond amount. Willis last week charged Trump and 18 others in a sweeping uh, racketeering indictment that alleges that the knowingly and willfully joined a conspiracy to unlawfully change the outcome of the election in favor of Trump in Georgia. Is that anything like uh, all the people, like uh, the the, uh, the woman that lost the, the governorship race and said it was rigged, and uh, she told everybody they would listen to her along with every other Democrat in the country that it was rigged. But that's not a conspiracy. That's just them bitching and moaning. Uh, 
Trump has said that these actions were not illegal, and he has the investigation is politically motivated. Of course it is. Absolutely it is. Everything that's going on now is politically motivated. Uh, Biden goes on another vacation. Joe Hunter, a billionaire climate investor. Biden, was he went two weeks uh, to the beach in Delaware. Then he was at Camp David. Uh, then he... Uh, he went to Tahoe, and they forced him to go to Maui to look at the damage there because I think they shamed him into it. He probably threw a fit. I don't want to go. They gave him an ice cream cone and said, come on, Joey, you can do it. And so he and the first lady, uh, Jill, the doctor who's not a doctor, she's a Ph.D., uh, got on board Air Force One and supposedly is going to get there sometime today. I'm not sure when. Uh, but it's only been like two weeks since it all happened. But he said he didn't want to get in the way of any kind of rescue attempts. Like they're going to let him get in the way. But you can show up and uh, offer support, and we'll see how much support they actually get. What he offered was $700 per resident that was affected, which when you think about how much things cost in um, in uh, Hawaii, 700 bucks uh, can't get you out of the hotel parking lot. Uh, and then... Uh, I really saw a really good interview with uh, RFK Jr. over the weekend. Guy's very smart and uh, really backs up everything he says. He didn't just say stuff. And of course, you don't see him anywhere because uh, the, the the Democrats hate him because he makes too much sense. Then you put him next to, to to Biden, and it's like night and day. And then the Republicans don't like it because he makes sense for the same reason. And uh, but the guy, just check him out. I mean, it it's like it's really very refreshing. Actually, here's somebody that's making sense, and uh, it can back it up. And I actually really like the guy. Uh, but we'll see if he gets any kind of traction at all because uh, you know anybody that makes sense in the world of politics just can't be elected. I mean, how can we dare let that happen? Uh, and. Uh, I love it. Once you get into any kind of a major anchor situation, there's a thing, an article, what is this? Uh, uh, all these headlines. It's, uh, it says, uh, it says about Jesse, what is Jesse Waters' ex-wife, the five hosts, cheated on former partner. That's nice. You got Joe Biden and Hunter Biden out there. <laughs> They've done everything you can do. And then you got Jesse Waters who they dredge up his ex-wife. I mean, that's the least of the Biden's problems. Like, uh, well, see, the Republicans did something terrible too. Uh, oh, man, it just keeps getting better. But, well, you think that's bad. None of the crooks have gotten a hold of artificial intelligence. What can that mean for us? Nothing good. We got the Better Business Bureau in next. Stay with us. Now, back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much and welcome back. I do want to give you a traffic alert. Uh, traffic is backed up at uh, I-40 in the eastbound lanes. 
uh, and uh, there's a wreck there, and it's backed up uh, all the way around to I-240 coming from uh, the west as it goes over the flyover, so avoid that area if at all possible. Uh, joining me in the studio, uh, he had no trouble getting here today, Randy Hutchison with the Better Business Bureau. Welcome back for vacation. Yeah, thank you. Uh, while you were away, the uh, crooks were busy again. They don't take vacations. <laughs> they do not take vacations. Uh, but this time, it, it, this I knew this was coming because when they announced that uh, we started hearing more and more about artificial intelligence, I said it's just going to be a matter of time. But I didn't want to tip them off. Well, well, first of all, artificial intelligence has the potential to do an awful lot of good, uh, revolutionizing medicine, finance, business, media, other aspects of our lives. Uh, of course, it's been around for a while, but just seems to be getting more and more hype and picking up, picking up, accelerating. Unfortunately, uh, as we probably talked about before, uh, crooks adapt to new technologies just as quickly as we do to uh, to make their business, which is, in this case, uh, uh, scams, uh, uh, just as uh, successful as they can be. Um, the FTC has issued, I don't honestly want to call it an alert, but they I call it an advisory saying that they've already seen crooks using AI to, for example, generate what looks like realistic content that is actually fake, including fake websites, fake reviews, uh, using it to create malware that uh, somehow convinces people uh, to click on a link or download an attachment. And when they do, the, the malware gets into their computer or their phone and causes all kinds of problems. Uh, They've used it to uh, uh, create voice clones to facilitate imposter scams, extortion, financial fraud. An early example, and I remember writing a column about this back in 2020, you know, three years ago, uh, the head of a, of a company in uh, uh, England got a call from the CEO of his parent company. Most of us, I think, would recognize the voice of our CEO, our yeah. boss. Yeah. He got a call from... What he thought was the, the boss, uh, uh, happened to be in Germany, uh, instructing uh, him to wire $243,000 to the bank account of a supplier in Hungary, was not a terribly unusual request for the kind of company and the size company. He was absolutely convinced he was talking to his boss, didn't for a second think it wasn't his boss, ended up that the call was actually originated by crooks using AI voice technology to mimic the boss's voice. Well, you know, I've heard uh, not long ago, a mother <clears throat> got a call from what she thought was her daughter. Her laugh, her, well, not a laugh, her, the way she cried, and her voice, she said, I would swear in a stack of Bibles that was my daughter. You know, and, and that's an example of crooks adapting technology. That's what we call, in that case, you're saying daughter. Generally, it's often a grandparent, what we call a grandparent scam, but it's a loved one in trouble. In the early, early days, call that 15, 20 years ago, <clears throat> uh, somebody would get a call and immediately say, Grandma, this is your favorite granddaughter. I'm in trouble. I've been arrested. I've been, a, been an accident, whatever. The, the grandparent, most would not. Most would know better. But just enough would say, uh, Susie, is that you? Or if it needed to be uh, Joey or anybody else, that's who it would be. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, this is Susie. This is Joey. Uh, and then the grandparents' common sense uh, or, or the urgency and the uh, uh, whatever would get out in front of their common sense, and they ended up losing money. Well, the next phase of that was crooks could go on social media and actually get the grandkids' names. So they didn't even have to start off hoping that the grandparent would give them names. They'd say, hey, this is your granddaughter Susie, your grandson Joey. Well, now, 
if they can get a snippet of uh, the grandchild's voice, uh, they can make it sound exactly like the grandchild. Uh, so again, a case uh, sort of the same version of what happened to the CEO of the England of the company in, uh, or the head of the company in Britain, who thought he was talking to his CEO in Germany. The FTC says that, and I'm I'm paraphrasing not exactly what they said, but they basically said that they worry that people will get mesmerized by the hype. And there is a lot of hype going in the stock market. They're yeah. talking about the stock market going way up and earnings going way up because of advances in uh, artificial intelligence. And the FTC is saying that jargon like machine learning and neural networks will kind of mesmerize people. And when they hear that, they'll think, wow, this is great. This is advanced. This is something I need to participate in, buy into. Sounds real. So... Thus far, not a lot of advice from the FTC to consumers. I think the FTC is trying to you know, keep abreast of what's happening with artificial intelligence. But right now, they do have advice for businesses that I think consumers need to understand. These are some of the things to watch out for. Uh, they're saying that to a business, if the foreseeable risks that an AI, artificial intelligence tool, or product you're developing could be used for fraud are high, Risks are high. You know that ahead of time. You shouldn't offer it in the first place. Okay. If you do decide to offer it, they're saying take all reasonable precautions before it hits the market. The FTC says the burden should not be on consumers to figure out if an AI tool is being used to scam them. Okay. Uh, then the other advice, uh, uh, really warnings to businesses. Don't exaggerate what an AI product can do. Don't falsely claim it does something better than a non-AI product. Don't label a product as AI-powered. And again, they're addressing this concern that consumers will hear AI and think this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Say so don't label a product as AI-powered simply because some, some part of it involved use of an AI tool in its development. Don't make people think they're communicating with a real person when it's actually a machine. And don't mislead people about what they're seeing, hearing, or reading. So in other words... Use it for all the good things, but be sure that the crooks can't adapt it to the bad things. Uh, unfortunately, that will fall on deaf ears in some cases. Well, and I also see that uh, a lot of people are worried that they, they can use artificial intelligence uh, to create news stories and yeah, to yeah. Uh, write, write term anchor. papers. Write term papers. I, I think part of the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you know, some of the actors or writers in Hollywood that are on strike or have been on strike, I've been on vacation a week and a little bit out of touch, but I think some of that is a bit of a worry that some of their uh, positions will get uh, uh, eliminated because of well, artificial intelligence. They've even said that they'll offer them a one-time deal for their image and their voice, yeah. and then they'll never make another dime. They'll just use their image and uh, rendition of their voice and uh, not never pay them again. Uh, they do say, though, that uh, artificial intelligence will make stuff up, and it's, it's yeah. not accurate or true. And it, it, it's when they write stories, he says one re, uh, a lawyer said he based a lot of his court case on artificial intelligence. And the judge said, you realize that artificial intelligence makes stuff up? He goes, no, I thought that had to be. <laughs> yeah. So even a lawyer could be taken well, in. Well, and so the point, I want to reiterate what we said at the beginning. It, it is going to do wonders in some disciplines and some aspects of our lives. But like any new technology, the risks that come along with it. And I suspect over time we'll be seeing more and more 
AI-caused uh, or implemented scams that we'll have to warn people about, and, and maybe we'll come up with some specific uh, uh, instructions. But uh, I think some of the tips that we generally offer to consumers for any kind of scam uh, at least will help even with, with however sophisticated AI scams become. Uh, and, for example, don't let your emotions get too far out in front of your common sense. Slow down. Whatever the urgency is, think about it. Would that really be my grandchild, even though it sounds like my grandchild? Uh, slow down. Don't respond to uh, provide personal, confidential financial information in response to an unsolicited message or text or phone call or email, no matter how convincing it may sound, no matter how urgent it may sound. So I'm sure there'll be new tips specific to AI, but at least for the time being, many of the tips we talk about all the time should protect you if, if you slow down, kind of think about it. Well, and I, once again this weekend, heard uh, some people putting up on neighbors don't fall for the MLG and W call because they're doing that again. And they even have the MLG and W logo and the phone number, the main number uh, on the caller ID. So they mask it with uh, that. And, but once again, MLGW will not call you and tell you that you have a, a bill due or water bill or electric bill or anything else. And on top of that, ask you to pay it using a gift card. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but people do it. Well, and it's because uh, it, they get they get about the weekend, and well, there's nobody. And to businesses call. sometimes uh, they'll they'll target uh, restaurants, for example, at, at the high high you know, yeah. highest uh, time of the of the weekend when yeah. uh, they're, peak they're time of business. Busy. Yeah. Peak, peak time is right. We're at peak time, and some will panic and uh, and pay it uh, again. Let their emotions kind of get out in front of their comments. A terrible thing for me to say, but it's the best best way I can characterize it. Well, and, and it's, as we're pointing out, that they rely on the old uh, sure things because they've worked in the past, but now they're employing artificial intelligence, so we've got to be doubly careful. And my guess is while there may be, maybe will be some brand new kinds of scams created using artificial intelligence, for the most part, it'll, mostly, it'll be used to make existing ones more believable. Well, and I just got a, a, a message on uh, Messenger from a guy I used to work with at Channel 3. He says, how are you doing? Which is the standard thing they always yeah. say when they've, they've uh, hijacked his uh, logo. And it was, how are you doing? Well, if you know me, you know how I'm doing. So I got people out there, by the way, I don't, I don't really don't do Facebook or any social media stuff, but apparently my picture is being used <laughs> for frauds out in uh, social media. Not, not me. It doesn't use my name. Doesn't mention Better Business Bureau. In one case, I'm an agent with the federal government offering people government grants. <laughs> you have an honest face. That's why they, that's why they rip you off. I tell <laughs> newspaper columns, uh, don't put my picture in the paper. It'll scare readers away. <laughs> well, it is uh, interesting times we do live in. You just have to be very, very careful out there. If they got any questions, uh, go to the website. Yeah, the website, bbb.org. That's the quickest, easiest way to check out a company, file a complaint. File a review, good or bad, about a company anywhere in the country, uh, or call us, 759-1300. All right, Randy Hutchison with the Better Business Bureau. Thanks. Uh, welcome back. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a quick break, then we'll be back. Stay with us. Hey, welcome back on a Monday afternoon. 
Uh, we told you a little bit about this uh, pop-up uh, burnout they had downtown. You know, they, they came up with this new system to keep this from happening down on Beale Street so there won't be any big shootouts. So uh, that began Friday night. But a pop-up party in the medical district took place Saturday night, just days after the Memphis Police Department's new safety plan to curb downtown crime. Uh, just before midnight, at least 60 to 80 cars gathered between several buildings on Union and Pauline. Witnesses described the smoke in the air from the cars doing burnouts. Memphis police say they did respond to a call in that area, but when they arrived, the vehicles fled. No arrests were made. The new traffic plan was put into place to help keep crime at a minimum in the downtown area after the mass shooting broke out August 13th. The plan went into effect Friday. It lasted a good day. Saturday, they just moved outside the the uh, cordoned off area. Memphis police previously said that officers will enforce a zero tolerance policy for several violations, including drag racing, reckless driving, gunfire downtown, in hopes of eliminating pop up parties that might be lead to chaos. Saturday night event, the medical center might show that the new traffic plan could push the large crowds to other areas. <laughs> Duh. The new uh, pedestrian-friendly traffic control plan will begin at 8 p.m. every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights. Memphis police say that there will be more officers patrolling the area during that time period. MPD also says that there will be a perimeter mainly bordering on Union Avenue, 2nd Street, Martin Luther King Drive, and Danny Thomas, with officers restricting traffic flow in the multiple streets in between. I was talking to... a a friend of mine who lives downtown today, this morning, stopped by his place of business. I said, so how was it downtown this weekend with their new rules in place? And he said, well, if you live down there now, on those nights that they're blocking all the roads, it's very difficult to get around downtown, and you live there. So, you know, once again, we're being held hostage by the criminals. I mean, you, you live downtown, you want to support Memphis, people move downtown. Uh, then crime got bad, and when they're not shooting in the air, doing burnouts, they're uh, gridlocking traffic and, you know, going up and down the streets at one mile an hour and honking their horns and playing loud music. And it's just uh, there's no civility out there anymore. I mean, in the old days, you know, you people blocking traffic stuff, they uh, pull them over and pound their car and take them uh, and uh, put them in jail for impeding uh, traffic flow. I mean, my had my car break down. This is probably ten years ago. We were going to do a remote at uh, one of the car dealerships on Covington Pike, and my Lexus uh, just stopped in the middle of an intersection. Called roadside assistance. I said, "We got a a, a wrecker that's a, a block and a half from you. Just put your keys on the floorboard. I'll tell them where you are." And uh, they sent somebody from the remote to come pick me up. Took me to the remote. They called me from the from the roadside assistance uh, service. They said. Well, we got there after the police department. They came, and once they get their hook on you, or their approved record service, and you got to be approved, uh, not just anybody can go throw a hook on them. They rotate it. You ever see that PP and J, uh, peanut butter and jelly is what I always think of, record service? What a con. I mean, they get a hold of you, and uh, they have these signs in front of all these places that say, if you park here illegally, we will tow your car, and they do tow your car. So then it's uh, like a $250 towing charge depending on how far away they are from the impound lot then a storage fee and then if you block in traffic or anything i ended up paying like uh, uh blocking a 
traffic intersection. I got a citation for that, the towing fee, the storage fee. Whole thing cost me about seven hundred and fifty bucks. And then to add insult to injury, I got in there to, to pick up my car and the record service I had said it's not approved by the city. So you'll have to, uh, uh, we can't uh, let that co- the record service on the impound lot. Uh, so I wonder who, who comes with that deal. So is there a kickback going on there someplace? Uh, so they ended up putting my car on a forklift and driving it outside the gates of the impound lot and dumping it out there so then my record could get a hold of it and take it to the uh, repair place. Uh, some days you just get angry. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then uh, we'll be back. Stay with us. He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere. A radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome back, uh, we were talking about artificial intelligence earlier with the Better Business Bureau, Randy Hutchison. Uh, there's also some weird artificial intelligence video of DeSantis' uh, face on a Hillary body. You can imagine that. Uh, cut one. It's in bargain collectively, and I will fight back against so-called right to work. Right to work is wrong for workers and wrong for America. Now, having said all this, why aren't I 50 points ahead, you might ask? Well, the choice for working families has never been clearer. I need your help to get Donald Trump's record out to everybody. Nobody should be fooled. He proudly declared himself 100% right to work. He even hired a union-busting firm to break up an organizing campaign at his hotel in Las Vegas, where you are right now. And he'd build up his wealth by stiffing small businesses and contractors. That goes against everything we stand for as a country. My dad was a small business. I'm just businessman. I'm just happy he never did business with Trump. And so that's DeSantis. Uh, and then uh, the Democratic Governor Tim Waltz says uh, Biden is one of the most highly effective presidents of the United States ever. Cut three. Do you really believe Joe Biden is the Absolutely. best candidate the Democrats could nominate, or is this a political expediency it- answer? Well, absolutely. First of all, he's been one of the most highly effective presidents we've ever seen. I sat in Congress for 12 years waiting for Infrastructure Week. He actually delivered on this. And look, Dean is a friend of mine. I love him. But I spent last weekend on Mackinac Island with Tony Evers and Gretchen Whitmer talking about how we're going to make sure that we win this for Joe Biden. Because this is not a debate about Joe Biden's age or experience. It's about a debate about protecting the democracy. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Uh, somebody let Joe know if he does win, because I don't think he has any idea where he is or what he's doing. Uh, they showed him uh, walking on to Air Force One, headed from Tahoe to to Maui. I haven't heard if he's there yet. In the meantime, 
you got uh, DeSantis. Now, this is another cut from him, uh, calling Trump supporters listless vessels. Check this out, cut two. We, we, we have a strand in our, in our party that views supporting Trump as whether you are um, a, a rhino or not. And so you could be the most conservative person since sliced bread unless you're kissing his rear end they will somehow call you a rhino. So it's been totally detached from principle and what you actually believe and results. And it's more about, you know, just what faction you happen to do. So there'll be people uh, who are huge Trump supporters, like in Congress, who have like incredibly liberal left wing records that that's really just atrocious. And yet they're viewed as by, by some of these folks as like as like really, really good. Then you have other people, you know, like a Congressman Chip Roy, who's endorsed me. Congressman Thomas Massey. These guys have records of principle fighting the swamp that are second to none, and yet they will be attacked by some of these people and, and called rhinos. Uh, so it's just been totally detached from any type of substance. And ultimately, a movement can't be about the personality of one individual. The movement has got to be about what are you trying to achieve on behalf of the American people? And that's got to be based in principle. Uh, because if you're not rooted in principle, uh, if all we are is listless vessels that just supposed to follow, you know, whatever happens to come down the pike on Truth Social every morning, th- that's not going to be a durable movement. Here's the thing is uh, they just came out with another poll uh, on all the Republican candidates and, and Trump is out like 63 uh, percent ahead of everybody else. And DeSantis is even the, the gap. Uh, Rami Swamy is uh, narrowing between uh, DeSantis. Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, everybody just there's a couple of things going on. One is I think even if you're not really a fan of Trump, you think that uh, that he's really gotten a rotten deal and that uh, they're just absolutely trying to do everything they can to destroy him, which makes you even feel like, uh, OK, they must really be afraid of him. In fact, I think it's more like um, if you wanted to clean up a place, you're going to go out and find somebody that's going to talk nice and uh, not step off the curb and uh, insult anybody. Or do you want somebody that's going to literally clean up the Dodge City? And if it's going to be somebody that's going to do that, uh, they're going to be rough and tough. And they got to be. I mean, it's sort of like uh, Tombstone. You didn't hire a bunch of uh, Keystone cops to clean that place up. You hired some guys that really knew what they were doing and could get the job done. Trump showed he could do it. He just didn't go far enough before. I thought. I think he really thought he could win people over, and that once they got to know him, they would uh, say, "Hey, he's really trying to do the best for the country." But what he didn't understand then, I don't think any of us really knew how deep and penetrating uh, the crooks in our government are. I'm talking about both sides of the aisle. None of them wanted him to come in there. When he started talking about cleaning up the swamp, they're going, "Oh no, he's going to." If he cleans up the swamp, we're all in trouble. Even Hillary said that if Trump wins, we're all going to hang. And that should tell you everything. Um, they've already uh, set the bond, so he's going to be on a $200,000 bond uh, or get out on it when he turns himself in. Uh, they say no later than than uh, Friday. Uh, but I love what they put on him. He said he can't talk about it to anybody. He can't speak to it. He can't talk to the media. You can't do anything that would be considered defending yourself. Let your lawyer do all the talk. And that's how afraid they are of him, is that he will say something that uh, will. And it's, it's like a fair trial from uh, from his peers. If they do it in Atlanta, which is a hugely Democratic enclave, just like D.C. or New York, the Southern District of New York, 
good luck finding anybody that would give him a fair trial. And and everybody in the country, in the world, probably is the most recognizable face of the world. And they were talking about maybe taking his uh, passport away or not or put him in jail because he couldn't be trusted to stay in the country. Where is he going to go? Where can Donald Trump go and not have people recognize him? He can put on a poncho via mustache and go, I am not Donald Trump. I mean, where, where's he going to go? And as far as... Uh, being able to defend himself, how how un-American is that? Well, we're going to put you on trial, and, and, and but you can't talk about it, and you can't say anything about what you think about what's going on, uh, so uh, we'll just uh, lock you up altogether, which I think is another point. I don't know how they, if they found him guilty. I don't know that they can put him in prison because you can't protect him, and he, he will have Secret Service agents uh, protecting him for the rest of his life. And... Uh, I'm sure the Democrats would love to stop that somehow. They just haven't figured out how to do it yet. Uh, it is just a, a huge, huge mess. And, and you just think, hey, you know, how does, this, how does this happen in this country? And I think it's because it's been happening for so long, really, probably not long after World War II. Even Eisenhower warned against it about the industrial complex of becoming too, uh, too strong. Ronald Reagan said uh, that the, the, we've got to really watch from attack with from within our own borders or the, the people that supposedly are part of this country would be the people we need to watch out for the closely the closest because uh, we think they're on our side but they ain't and uh, you look at every front everything that's happened in this country from transportation they were talking about how successful Joe's been. <laughs> Take a look at the transportation of this country, the railroad accidents, the, the what it's like to fly now. And then I'm hearing over the weekend that they're already planning on, they've already met with members of the TSA and uh, had these meetings where they're going to start cracking down because the new strain of COVID coming out here about the middle of September, going to make us all start wearing masks. And if you don't wear a mask, uh, they're going to, you know, uh, forbid you to fly anywhere, go anywhere. I mean, I don't think it'll happen. I do not think people are going to voluntarily go back to standing 10 feet away from each other, standing on the little yellow footprints uh, outside of Costco and Kroger, uh, and not going anywhere, not being able to smile at each other again. I think people are just going to go, hey, I mean, they've already proved the, sh- the, the, the vaccinations don't stop you from getting it, and they don't stop you from spreading it. So other than possibly uh, causing severe heart problems and pilots dying and young athletes dying, what does it do? Nothing. And so they want to make you, uh, you know, go hide out someplace and ruin whatever businesses are left after the last shutdown? I don't think so. And I think that they're going to have a very difficult time pulling that one off again. No, I'm certainly not. I didn't stop the last time. Uh, I did get the two original shots, but that's it, brother. And, uh, you know, I think there are a lot of other people that feel exactly the same way. Right, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, then we'll be right back. Stay with us. And welcome back on this uh, hot Monday afternoon. How about lawlessness, you know, we we're talking about Memphis and the crime here. They got they got some stuff going on in England that's uh, pretty bizarre. The Stoke Fruit Farm, located on an island off the south coast of England, is a family-run farm that has 
been operating for four generations on 350 acres of land. It maintains an expansive sunflower field, which attracts tourists. The farm allows visitors to take pictures, but recently said it was running into issues with individuals taking naked pictures of themselves in the field. Uh, <laughs> so they're saying, uh, please don't do that. Uh, it says the farm noted they were receiving reports of naked people on the property. Now remember to all, we are a family area, and please keep your clothes on in the sunflowers. We are having an increased number of reports of naked photography taking place, and this must not happen during our public sessions, please. Stoke Fruit Farms said on Facebook on August 11th. And so uh, you got that going on. Then over Germany, a German woman drags a radical climate activist by her hair for blocking traffic as the public anger mounts over the climate change people. But they arrested the lady for dragging the climate uh, activists uh, away by her hair. Uh, and then the but users responded by tagging their friends, asking, was this you, the naked people in the sunflowers? I said, they would tag their friends. Is this you getting your picture taken? So then, then you get this. Uh, Nashville said, uh, refusal to pay an astronomical tab before closing time at a downtown Nashville sports bar lands a man in jail. Staff at Barstool Nashville, 123 South uh, 2nd Avenue, called Metro Nashville Police after a man refused to pay his $7,946.05 tab early Sunday morning. They told police the man identified as 24-year-old Jesse William reserved a table and charged to, to, uh, to it all night long. Yes, put it on my tab. When the staff ran the credit card, oh, no, it had been frozen. So um, that was, uh, that's called the big stiff. And uh, what are you going to do? I mean, the credit card's frozen. You can't charge anything to it. He's consumed. I mean, he had been buying uh, bottles of Cristal and stuff for a bunch of people. And uh, that's what I, I've owned bars. And when somebody starts running up a a lot of stuff, I say, we're just going to need that credit card just to go ahead and get your tab started. And then you'd go uh, check it, make sure that it's open and good because uh, you don't let somebody run. Maybe they do in Nashville. They spend so much money there. Maybe they didn't think anything of somebody having an $8,000 bar bill. But uh, I think I would have checked it out because uh, I've had to eat some tickets before. And, and it, you got to sell a lot of product to make up for a seven $8,000 loss. Uh, Trump is confirming, though, he will not participate in the first GOP debate, uh, and he is possibly skipping more or all of them. Biden ain't going to go to have I think it's really interesting. All the media is just in an uproar that Trump is not debating. They don't say anything about Joe Biden not debating. Well, if he didn't want to debate, he didn't have to debate. But Trump must debate. For President Donald Trump confirmed Sunday he will not participate in the first Republican primary on Fox this week. Saying the public already knows who I am, Trump wrote in his social media platform. For that matter, why do they need to book him when he has to turn himself in Friday in Atlanta? I mean, everybody knows who he is. He ain't going anywhere. It's all just designed to humiliate him. You can only be humiliated if you let yourself be humiliated. It was not immediately clear whether Trump meant he will sit out all the currently scheduled debates. There is a second GOP primary debate set for September or any and all future debates. 
A Trump advisor told CNN that the former president could still decide to participate in a later primary debate. Uh, Trump has told a number of allies that he does not want to debate at the Reagan Library, the location of the second debate, and complained in private conversations that he has never been invited to speak at the venue, blaming in part the chairman of the board of trustees, Fred Ryan. Ryan was the chief executive officer of the Washington Post. And now he's um, of the board of trustees. I, I don't know for the, the venue. Uh, the, how did he end up being in charge of the Reagan Library if he worked for the Washington Post? I mean, the Washington Post is any conservative's n- nightmare. Wednesday's primary debate is the first of 2024 cycle. For weeks, the former president has uh, privately and publicly floated skipping it. Given his lead in the polls, multiple sources familiar with Trump's plans previously told CNN he was planning to sit for an interview with former Fox News host Tucker Carlson instead. In fact, I understand that it's already been recorded and they're just going to play it back on, on Wednesday. Still, Republican officials have been publicly seeking to convince Trump to join the debate stage as recently as Sunday morning. Hours before Trump posted, RNC Chair Rhonda McDaniel said she hoped he would debate. I'm still holding out hope the president will come and debate. I think it's so important that the American people hear from all the candidates. Go, yeah, let them go talk. Why does he? I think you know how Trump feels about everything. We all do. He hasn't varied. Uh, actually, I'd, I think it'd be hilarious to see him debate because I think he'd annihilate all of them, especially Chris Christie. What a just a despicable human being. Hours before Trump posted, McDaniel and David Bosey, who is in charge of the RNC debate committee, visited Trump at his Bedminster, New Jersey home in recent weeks to encourage him to participate. According to Trump advisor, the former president was noncommittal on his plans during this meeting. I can see him sitting there looking at him. Are you nuts? Why do I need to go debate? Fox News President Jay Wallace said the network's chief executive, Suzanne Scott, had also encouraged Trump to participate in the debate. You know why? Because if he's not at the debate, ain't nobody going to be watching because it's just a bunch of, uh, I mean, I'll watch it because it's, I think it's very uh, newsworthy, but I think you're going to have a lot of people that could care less. No, uh, To qualify for the debate, candidates must have at least 40,000 unique donors. I don't understand one of these yahoos. Um, I don't remember which one. He's he's like the former governor of some place. Anyway, he, uh, he for twenty dollars, you send him a dollar, donate a dollar, and he'll send you twenty dollars. Uh, so that's how he got his forty thousand. So he said, "Let me do the math there. Yeah, that's a nineteen dollar profit. I think I'll do it." Uh, they said that uh, at least two hundred unique donors per state, and must each read at least 1% in the national polls, meaning the RNC's requirements, or at least 1% in two national polls and two polls from separate early voting states. Candidates are also expected to sign a loyalty pledge in expressing their commitment to unite and back the eventual Republican nominee, regardless of who that is. Well, Chris Christie didn't get to do that because he's already said that he hates Trump's guts and he would never vote for him if he ends up being the candidate. So he's not going to take the pledge. If you don't take the pledge, you don't get to be in the debate. End of subject. Uh, To this point, former Vice President Mike Pence, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, 
North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, I think it was Doug Burgum that was ordered paying everybody 20 bucks if you'll send him a dollar for a donation. South Carolina Governor Tim Scott, who I really like, and former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchison, who I don't, and former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, who nobody likes, not even people in New Jersey. So uh, there you are. Uh, at any rate, uh, there's not a dull moment that goes by. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we come back, we'll talk about the big uh, luau that they had at uh, the dive shop on Saturday. Huge turnout. We'll talk about it when we come back. Now, back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome back on this uh, rather toasty Monday afternoon. I think things are bad now, though. Just wait. 14 American cities have signed a World Economic Forum treaty that would legally compel them to ban meat, dairy, and private car ownership by the year 2030. The WEF infiltrated U.S. cities have formed a coalition called the C40 Cities Climate Leadership Group. Uh, The C40 is established to target to meet the WEF's radical depopulation goals by the year 2030. And you're saying to yourself, how is uh, stopping us from eating meat and dairy products and having a private vehicle going to affect the population? Because we're going to starve to death, that's how. How diabolical. You're going to be able to have zero uh, kilograms of meat consumption, zero kilograms of dairy consumption, Three, get this, three new clothing items per person per year. Now, that I could live with because I don't think I've bought three clothing items in the last year. I got what I got I like. Zero private vehicle zone. One short-haul return flight, less than 1,500 com- uh, uh, kilometers every three years per person. That means they don't want you traveling. Slatenews.com reports that the C-40 cities. Dystopian goals can be found in its future of, of urban consumption in a 1.5C world report. The report was published in 2019 and re-emphasized in 2023. The organization is headed and largely funded by Democrat billionaire Michael Bloomberg. Nice. Nearly 100 cities across the world make up the organization. The American cities uh, that are saying they're in, Austin, Boston, Chicago, Houston, Los Angeles, Miami, New Orleans. I can't believe New Orleans is going along with it. That's what they are is food. And they're going to have zero meat, zero uh, dairy, and they want zero travel. How are you going to get to New Orleans? They got no tourism. They got nothing. Phoenix, Portland, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., and Seattle. Uh, Well, fortunately, it hasn't taken effect yet because Saturday, uh, the dive shop uh, had a huge luau, and you had everything there. There was there was meat, there was pork, there was chicken. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, what are they going to do away with food now? Yeah, you can have by this is called the World Economic Forum has signed up uh, sixteen cities in the United States so far that have pledged not to serve allow the banning all meat, all dairy, private travel, and cars by the year twenty thirty. Well, let's go to New Orleans this weekend. <laughs> 
Well, we didn't have to last weekend because you had an incredible no, uh, man, big we had feed. A, we had a big time. We cooked a whole pig, about 70-pound pig. Um, Penny was her name. They, they, Pearl. 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 Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we named it, her. Yeah, because it's Hunter very, won't cook one without naming it. <laughs> you know, this guy, Hunter Winfrey, has more whole hog grand championships. Yeah. You know, it's so hard to win a contest on whole hog. And he's done it more times than just about anybody out there. Not at Memphis and May, the national, you know, the championship, but at the Memphis and May, cooking all the different little championships that there are around the country, the Memphis and May barbecue contest circuit cooking, and uh, we've won the big one. Um, you know, we've done a lot of stuff with that, but we had that. We had jerk chicken. We jerked some ribs this year for the first time. Now, how do you do jerk ribs? Is well, it? it's basically jerk pork is a thing, always has been. Sure, I ate it when I was in Jamaica the first time. Yeah, you basically just rub them with jerk seasoning and, and jerk them on and go. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, the only what jerk is truly is a seasoning. Okay. Uh, it's a wet, generally a wet rub that goes on and uh, very spicy, obviously. It has scotch bonnet peppers in it and lots of other stuff and um, the one that we use, if you want to get some, is available. Uh, you know, it stores around town. It's called Walker's Wood, um, and it looks like chopped up grass uh, when you look inside <laughs> the bottle. Now they have a liquid, but that's not the one you want. You no, want you the want one the dry, that, the dry. Yeah, the the well, the wet dry. It literally looks like chopped ground up grass, but it is just fabulous. Um, and you should try it. Rub it all over that stuff. Let it sit overnight. That's what uh, we usually do, and it, then. Is it on the pit and go with it? Is it different from your the dry rub you gave me because you're? Dry. Oh yeah, this is not a powder. Okay, this is this is a, you know, like I say, when you when Wet you open grass. the jar, yeah, but but don't don't touch any other part of your body. Is it will burn this stuff? It will get you, <laughs> uh, and it's really good. And we had some beer and we had some cokes and all those things that go along with having a party. We did uh, this peas, I, peas and yams, which I do every year. Black eye or, or black beans and yams and, and a lot of spicy stuff in that. Well, you gave me a tour of your tractor trailer rig, which it's a true, it's a 50-foot trailer with a tractor rig on yeah. it that you go into and you think, uh, and they've got a, a uh, Southern uh, Southern Pride Southern Pride rotisserie smoker yeah. in there. Yeah, we've got that that pops out the side. Uh, and we only brought the 8-foot the flat top. But, you know, there's a whole lot of other equipment that can be ancillary to that. We didn't have out the big awning. We have an awning that goes 30 feet out from the trailer and covers the entire length of the trailer. Um, So we can offboard a lot of other cooking equipment and have that out there. But we do have a six-burner range. We've got an eight-foot reach-in. Uh, plenty of prep space, and then we've got a nice lounge area. And yeah, the we lounge. can sleep four in the trailer. So, in fact, if you go to my Facebook page, we, I took pictures and a video of the rotisserie going around and the the whole pig as it comes around, and it was absolutely gorgeous. And uh, when I, because I could only stay for a little bit, and the food hadn't come out. Actually, you had just brought out the jerk chicken, but when I had to yeah. leave. But uh, there was probably 75, 100 people when I left, and then you said it just got packed. When we got ready to give away prizes at 3.30, you could not – I mean, it was standing room only on the store floor, probably 120. And the – you had it inside on the the floor inside the store, but then you had people out sitting in uh, lawn chairs. Uh, Paul Shanklin, his wife Angie, came by, and uh, they said, when do we eat? But you gave us all the tour of um, of the truck. 
And I, I could, then upstairs, he, he sleeps four above the lounge. Yeah, we sleep four in the trailer, and then we can sleep another two in the tractor. So. And this is what you use for when you guys cater Memphis and May, the music fest every right. year, and the, and the barbecue. is. And yeah, you we, feed all those people. Absolutely. I mean, we did over 4,000 meals at Memphis and May wow. Music Fest this year. And, you know, we're feeding backstage. We're feeding paid production people, whether they're artists or, or stage hands or, uh, you know, all of the crew that's back there that's being paid. That's who we're feeding. And then, and, of course, Walker, the, the, the head cook and bottle washer, and, uh, and his name's on the truck, so that's how you know it. Who drives the truck? Hunter. Does he? Yeah, he's he's been driving big trucks, cotton trailers and big trucks and things like that since he was nine, somebody nine back, years old. Somebody backed that baby in there. And, uh, and, and he uh, pulled forward twice to get it in that position. Wow. Yeah, he's an he's a wizard when it comes to doing that. You can you can ask the crew down at Memphis and May what it looks like when Hunter backs that truck 100 yards down a golf Straight. cart path with, wow. with grass that you can't get on on yeah. the other side, you know. Uh, you were down at the barbecue this year, mm-hmm. and and there was, recently they came out in uh, Memphis, and uh, the, actually the Riverfront Development people said they did one point four million dollars of damage to the park. Everybody I talked to said they didn't see any damage to the park. Did you see damage to the park? Uh, not as much as Music Fest that there may have been at barbecue, because barbecue is a lot of structures being erected all over the place, whereas Music Fest. There's three stages, sure. and everything else is off the grass. Um, so I can imagine that there was some, but but one point four, yeah, that's because before, according to the records, I got a hold of fifty eight thousand is the most damage ever had before, and that was they completely resod Tomley Park in the year. Well, past. that's fifty eight thousand, and you know, of course, there weren't any improvements to that field. There, you know, and of course, the the paths where you could run a vehicle out there and and this is even behind stage where they're putting in temporary parking for all of the all of the buses and things that have to come through um you know it's basically the same so i don't know what they tore up Um, well the yeah because they didn't let everybody i talked to said that there was a tape up on certain areas to keep them off the moguls that they built keep them out of the wooded areas and that there really weren't that many people at Music Fest. I mean, there was a good crowd there, but it wasn't like anything like in years past where they yeah. were trampling stuff down. And uh, I had somebody on uh, last week, uh, Brian Ellsworth, who said he submitted a plan to uh, the river development folks about moving the whole thing to uh, Mud Island. And, and I wanted your opinion on that. What if you were to put like a Ferris wheel out there where the uh, flags are now? turn the the old uh, river boat museum into a world championship barbecue uh, museum and then put the teams and the tents on down both sides of mud island uh yeah i don't it's not being that associated with with you know that that might work for barbecue fest i know that logistically from the standpoint of music fest moving the bands through all of the equipment that's got to be onloaded and because that's the thing you got you got the stages which are are just there, but every artist is coming through with, well the the smaller ones not so much, but all of the big guys that are playing three or four of the bands every night have multiple tractor trailer rigs full of equipment that they're bringing in. Um, is buses. that the reason they have multiple stages? Yeah. Oh yeah. Because it, well, you couldn't handle everybody on no. one stage because there's no, at they, any one time there's 
there's three to four artists playing, uh, you know. So. Well, just uh, did it seem like the music fest went off all because there, were, there weren't the numbers of people there, but as far as the the performances, because you guys were there for the whole. Oh thing. yeah, we saw. Well, we saw everything at South Stage because for the first time we were out in front. I mean, we were a hundred and fifty yards in front of the the South Stage. Oh wow! And it was you fabulous. Were, you were always before behind the stage, yeah, right? We were behind South Stage, completely out of the out of the field. We were in a private area. We were in a place where the Broke general public off. couldn't get to. Yeah. But the the real situation is we got to watch that show every day. Wow. And it was spectacular. I thought the production company did an amazing job with what they had to work with. And, and it was confined space. It was uh, a lot more moving people in and out from stage, you know, from the stages and then back out of the park again than they used to have to do in the past simply because they couldn't allow the number of vehicles yeah. in there. Um, but, you know, the people that run that festival are some of the very best in the world. And, uh, you know, you talk to people around Memphis, Tennessee and around that festival that come in to work or perform there, and that is a top-notch production organization. The people that run that are professionals. Are are they local, or do they come in strictly for Memphis and May? Well, the the people that run it is you know the folks at Memphis and May. Well, I know Jim Jim uh, Holt and he's and, the head and of his the crew, fantastic. Now they do hire subcontractors for things like lighting and sound mm-hmm. and so forth like that. But the Memphis and May's the, people are running those shows they run the music fest they run the barbecue fest everything that happens during the month of may is they run it and you felt like it ran smoothly this year is it i what we see is you know we don't see the fires that are going on all the time (laughs) that are happening but these things are live action events with the general public running around in the middle of it. And everything happens in front of everybody. There's no curtain yeah. pulling. Uh, yeah, they they tear it, down, set up in front of everybody. And these people have to be professionals. They have to be people. Floyd Benson is the guy that is behind the whole thing in terms of the guy behind the curtain that's mm-hmm. pressing all the buttons. And he is absolutely a rock-solid pro. Well. Um, and it's one of those kind of things to where everybody that works out there admires what they do because I can go and say, oh, well, I've got this problem, and I'm uh, just one of every person that sticks their head in the door has a problem, but it gets solved immediately. Wow. There's no lag time. It's like I'm not going to wait until later. Yeah. I'm just going to take care of this right now and then move to the next thing, and the, his, their entire crew is back what? there is rock solid. Well, I'd like to have some of them come on to get somebody to come in and just talk about that and where they see it could possibly go because there's a lot of talk about moving it. And I just yep. don't know where you do that. Yep, yep. We got to take a quick break. Come back. I want to talk about the weather. It looks like there's a hurricane forming in the Gulf, and of course there was one that came on shore in the Pacific. So there we we'll, go. We'll talk about it when we come back. Stay with us. And welcome back on a hot Monday afternoon. We got. Randy Wright with the dive shop in there. They had a big hootenanny called a luau at the dive shop on Saturday. It 
couple hundred people there that had some prizes. What were some of the prizes you gave away? Well, we gave away a lot of little small stuff, little house things, but we did give away a week-long trip to Atlanta oh, yeah. Resorts who, in the Philippines. Who won that? Our mermaid. All right. The one that was in the pool. Yeah, the one that was in the pool. We I brought her. There's a, there's a video online on the dive shop site where they carried her into the front <laughs> in the mermaid tail, and uh, she got her her ticket to the philippines well that's fantastic yeah so that was really really nice she was kind enough to come over. she's a student taking open water and and she came over to play with us and and show off what she's doing and hopefully we're going to have mermaiding classes here at the dive shop but one thing i wanted to say we started thinking about having a luau uh we do this every year right but then saturday morning we're all sitting around getting ready and and somebody said man what about maui and I'll be sending some money this uh, tomorrow or the next day. Uh, quite quite a decent sum. Thanks everybody that, that contributed to that. But we're going to be donated. sending that to some friends of ours that own a dive shop in Lahaina and lost everything. They have two tanks and two BCs left of their entire operation. They're wow. building their boat, their homes, everything else. A customer had this gear over at a hotel outside of town. And that's that, all they have left of their entire business. Just totally destroyed. Yeah. It, was it washed? I mean, because of the the fire or was it? Oh, it was it, everything burned. Burned, yeah. Yeah, everything you burned. You know, it, it's also so ironic to me that a place that's surrounded by water yeah. burned up. Yeah. And because I've heard that they turned the water off or the supply and they, the firefighters couldn't get any more water. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, you know, but you've got boats burning and yeah. fuel in the harbor. Off, and Offshore you had and boats floating burning. And, you know, I mean, so you got floating fuel fires everywhere, and the wind is hurricane-force winds. Yeah. I mean, it's like a blowtorch. And all those buildings were 100, 200 years old wood. Absolutely. So there was no moisture left in those, and they just went up like a tinderbox. Yeah. Well, we're all praying for them, and, um, and then we got a storm coming in off the coast going to Texas, so let's hope that uh, is no, nothing more than heavy rain. Yep, it'll be a little bit of rain. Y'all come by and see us at 999 South Yates or call us at 901-763-DIVE. We'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place. Be safe out there, folks.